respect the dignity of labor. So often we overlook the worth and the significance of those who are not in professional jobs, of those who are not in the so-called big jobs. But let me say to you tonight that whenever you are engaged in work that serves humanity and is for the building of humanity, it has dignity and it has worth. One day our society must come to see this. One day our society will come to respect the sanitation worker if it is to survive for the person who picks up our garbage in the final analysis is as significant as the physician for he doesn't do his job. Disease is the last All labor has dignity. Look, I don't care what your agenda is. There's absolutely no way we're going to pay Harvey 50 grand a year. I mean, come on. He's the janitor. He picks up the rubbish. He cleans the floors. You can't pay him 50,000 a year. Actually, it's uh, 60,000. Welcome to the South Mimsu podcast. That was an excerpt from a very famous speech by Martin Luther King, delivered on the 18th of March 1968 to Memphis sanitation workers who were on strike for higher pay. This episode comes in the form of a short documentary I made. It should have been a lecture on the idea of work and its place in a modern consumerist society, but I decided to tell you a story instead. It's the story of when, in my role as remunerations officer for this exceedingly small and dispersed university, I decided to shake up the salary structure a little. Here's what I said to the board of trustees just two weeks ago. Um, Okay, um, so uh, we come to the uh, salaries for this year. And uh, usually we all award ourselves a, a reasonable pay rise. And, and sometimes we're, we're justified in doing so. But, but I don't think that we can do that this year. Um, well, this year, I believe we should use our budget to reward the workers who make this place function, our canteen staff, and the workers who clean up after our students. If you look at my proposals, on page four, and I've got it here, on page four... Um, You'll see that, um, specifically, uh, we're raising the salary of Harvey Bliss from £25,000 a year to £60,000. Why was I doing that? Well, I wanted to prove a point and put into practice what I believe is a remedy for our fractious, divided times. It's an approach to thinking about work and the economy which can address the concerns of those who are tempted by the populist politics which threaten to haunt us for years to come.
Instead of lecturing you about it, listen to how I try to convince our business manager, Leo Carsley, uh, you heard him at the top of this episode, so you already know that he's not keen on the idea. Okay, okay, I'm sorry I lost my rag before, but Jim, come on, you've got to be joking. 60 grand for Harvey? I mean, we love Harvey. Harvey has been like a rock throughout this pandemic and, you know, gone above and beyond and all. But 60 grand? Come on. We don't have 60 grand in the budget for staff at his level. Well, maybe maybe we should. We don't pay some of our lecturers that. Actually, you don't even make that much. Or maybe I'm not as important as Harvey. Well, come on, Jim. You know that's not true. No, no, it is true. I just recycle ideas so my students can recycle them in exams. But Harvey, he fixes things and he, and he keeps his place clean and tidy and, and, most importantly, hygienic. It's like what Martin Luther King said to the Tennessee sanitation workers who were on strike in 1968. What? Come on, Jim. Martin Luther King has nothing to do with this. But he has. If no one picks up the rubbish and cleans the surfaces, then, then we all get sick. So he's an, as important as a doctor, and maybe more so. I mean, day by day. What is this, Jim? Is this, is this some kind of project? Are you trying to prove an academic or political point? Well, that's exactly what I am doing. But, but not in the way your tone suggests, Leo. I, I'm doing it because it's a positive step for our institution. It will it will get us noticed. Oh, it's marketing. No, 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 it's not marketing. Ah, we pay our janitor 60 grand and the world takes notice of us. We get onto TV and radio and we earn some kudos. Is that the plan? No, 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 that's not the plan. It's a serious point, Leo. Yeah, but if we're going to pay Harvey Bliss 60 grand, we need to get some serious international coverage for doing so. <laughs> Actually, you know, Jim, that's a brilliant idea. We'll get international media coverage. No, no, no that, that, that's just a very cynical attitude, Leo. Look, I'm paid to be cynical, Jim. Cynical about budgets, cynical about salaries, cynical about margins and student numbers and fees and raising money from our horrible, impoverished alumni... There's no such thing as a free lunch, Jim. I don't expect you to understand, Leo. I mean, you spent your career in the, in the financial sector. And I made a fortune. But I don't think you actually produced anything of worth, now, did you? I produced a lot that was of... Uh, worth? Well, like what? Like money, Jim. Money. Lots of it. An amazing amount of value. But for whom did you generate this value? Society or yourself? Oh, sod society. I earned well for my clients and, yes, for myself. And so this job at South Mims is a kind of hobby for you then, isn't it? What are you getting at? You get paid a lot, so you think you're worth a lot, that your work is worth more than the work that Harvey does. Of course I do. I mean, that's how it works, Jim. The big bucks go to the winners. Which means Harvey is a loser, right? I'm not saying that. You're implying it. OK, I am not going to get into an argument. I know you have the authority to set salaries, but you can't mandate them. That 
has to be agreed by the board. And I'm going to make sure the board does not agree to pay Mr Harvey Bliss, lovely as he is, 60000 per year. OK, thanks, Jim. Leo's attitude wasn't surprising. In fact, I'm sure you didn't find it surprising at all. That's because we live in what's described as a meritocratic society. It's a society in which, if you work hard, you achieve success. And when you achieve it, you deserve it, and the rewards that come with it. So we measure success by those rewards, specifically money and status. The logic then goes on to tell us that if we work hard enough, any one of us can achieve that success. There are no barriers of class or privilege or hereditary advantage. Well, we all know that that is not true. And more than most of us, someone like Harvey Bliss understands the reality of how our society works better than most of the students who come to this university, or any university. The politicians tell you that, you know, if you work hard, you get what you deserve. But the only people who believe it are the people who already earn a lot of money doing, well, whatever they're doing. The rest of us, we know that we're just making up the numbers. But what you do is important. It's important, sure. It's important, but who cares about the guy who keeps the place clean? I mean, you just take that for granted. Well, don't you deserve more money for what you do? I suppose I do, but the money isn't always the point, is it? What is the point? It's like um, a feeling that you're doing something to help other people, you know, uh, society as a whole. But what you do is uh, important. It's worth something to... To people, society. Well, that's exactly what I was lecturing about yesterday. Oh, no, I was listening. Oh, you were? Yeah. We had a milkshake spill by the door to the lecture theatre, and milkshakes, I mean, they're lethal, potentially lethal. Slip on one of those gloppy puddles and you're talking hospitalisation. Even death. It's a big topic in our health and safety briefings. The spilt milkshake hazard. So, I was cleaning it up when I heard what you were talking about. You know how those swing doors don't really close properly? Oh, yeah, yeah, we need to get them replaced. I've been saying that for a year and a half. Oh, have you? I have. Check your emails. Anyway, I like what you were saying about that book, the uh, new book you were mentioning. Oh, yes, The uh, Tyranny of Merit by Michael J. Sandel. Yeah, it was uh, really very interesting. Sandel's book places the blame for the rise of populism from Brexit to Trump, on the corrosive effects of meritocracy. It's the idea that anyone who works hard, has talent, and gets the educational credentials will make it. And by make it, I mean have a big income, a lot of stuff, and a high status within a capitalist society. There are winners and there are losers. You've got to work hard to be a winner. And if you become one, you deserve it, because you did it on your own. If you don't make it, or never even try, then you're a loser. That then leads to the view that all people on low incomes, the unemployed, the disabled, and so on, are, are all of those things. They're losers, because they deserve it. That's why they're losers. But the truth of the matter is that, in our hearts, we know that meritocracy doesn't work and doesn't even exist. That's what Sandel explains in The Tyranny of Meritocracy. 
It was peddled by the new liberal regimes of Reagan and Thatcher, and it took over the capitalist world. Even the left believed it. Clinton and Blair believed it so much they accelerated meritocracy in their own countries. Sure, they wanted to mitigate its effects a little and open up opportunity to more people, they said. But even after they tried and failed to do that, everyone could see that it did not work. It was just a smokescreen to protect already existing privilege and strengthen the hold of the rich on the levers of political and economic power. The point is, society isn't a bunch of individuals elbowing each other out of the way as they strive for riches. It's a rigid class system of entrenched privilege and power, which is working hard to hold on to that privilege and power at all costs. It's a sham, and we all know it. We don't always get what we deserve. I mean, that's a fact of life. Well, it's more a fact of life than it used to be. Well, I don't know about that. I like what you said about those old philosophers, uh, what, Bagel and Durkin or something like that? Oh, <laughs> Hegel and Durkheim. Yeah, yeah, then. When you work, you work for money. Well, that's obvious, but you're not just working for money, you're working for people to appreciate what you do. Well, Hegel says that workers want to be publicly recognised for what they do as well as remunerated for it. Yeah. I've always admired how you lecturers talk. It's like over-egging a pudding. The sentence comes out a bit too rich, but you kind of know what it's supposed to mean. Sorry, I can't help myself. That's OK. It's a bit like me going overboard with the bleach in the lecturer's staff room. What do you do in there? Well, let's stick to Hegel, shall we? Sticky, yeah. Why is a staff room always so sticky? <clears throat> well, um, Hegel said that there should be fair wages and that all work should be shaped so that the jobs reveal to the worker and everyone else just what contribution the work makes to the common good. The common good being the rest of us to society, right? Exactly right. 80 years after Hegel, Emil Durkheim argued that labour can be the source of social solidarity, provided that every worker gets a wage that's fair and is based on the work's contribution to the community. Well, what does that mean? It means um, if you work to save lives and treat sick people, or you keep the streets and public spaces clean so people don't get sick in the first place, you earn more, or at least not less, than people like like financiers who only move money around for the sake of their already rich clients. Sounds good to me. It'll never happen, though. Well, it could, but only when we change the way we think of work. Work is work. It helps you pay the bills and buy stuff. I know you don't really believe that, Harvey. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It helps you pay the bills and buy stuff. But surely if that's all it does, then it's a pretty shallow way to live, isn't it? Well, don't you work to pay the bills and uh, buy stuff? Well, of, of course, I, I use the money I earn to pay the bills and buy stuff. But that's not why I do what I do. I do it because I love it and, and because I think it's important work. Educating the young, opening their eyes to the way the world works. I mean, that's socially useful. I know a few people who would disagree. OK, but what do you think? Well, buying stuff isn't all it's cracked up to be. We've got too much stuff. Stuff gets boring. 
So that's not the only reason you do what you do. I take pride in keeping this place clean, like you said, keeping everyone happy and healthy. And we take pride in what you do, and we know that it's important to us. We want to recognise the work you do. So, give me a medal, not a pay rise. But money is a measure of esteem in our society. Well, isn't that playing their game, the uh, aristocrats? Uh, well, the meritocrats, yes, perhaps. But I don't see why you can't get paid as much as a senior lecturer or, or our business director, Leo Carsley. Oily bastard. You should see what he throws in his waste paper basket, and it's not waste paper. Really? Um, well, maybe you can tell me about that later. My point, though, Harvey, is that by recognising your work through money, we make a statement to the rest of society about what is important, about what binds us together rather than what sets us apart. It's a way of driving social solidarity for the common good. And it's not just about consuming stuff or the size of the gross domestic product. It's about people doing necessary good work for the sake of society. And it makes us feel good. The work, not the money. That's exactly the point. So, am I really going to get this pay rise? I hope so. Well, if I don't, it's no big deal. Are you sure? Yeah. No, the money would be nice. I'm not holding my breath. I know how things work. I know you do. It's a bit like this whole idea of going to college, to a university, and how it's the key to a golden future. You and me, we both know it's not. Right? We both know it's not, because... It's much more about where you're from, what class, what family, what kind of financial background. I mean, that sort of thing's actually got worse under meritocracy. It's just a smokescreen for the old established order. Well, in that case, I've got some floors to shine. Been great talking to you, Jim. Well, thank you very much, Harvey. Bye. Sandal quotes Robert Kennedy, John F. Kennedy's brother, who was also assassinated. And I think it's a good quote to end on. He said, fellowship, community, shared patriotism, these essential values of our civilization do not come from just buying and consuming goods together. They come instead from dignified employment, decent pay, the kind of employment that lets us say to our community, to our family, to our country, and most importantly, to ourselves, I helped to build this country. I am a participant in great public ventures. I paraphrase that a little, but the point is, work is not just about money. It's about community and even patriotism. If you talk about it in that way, you can go beyond the easy arguments of populists. Hello? I know I'm going to regret this, but we've agreed to raise Harvey's pay to 45000 Oh, right. Well, um, well, I know he'll appreciate that. Thanks. And we've set out a press release. We are going to milk this for all it's worth in the media. Uh, well, Leo, I, I really don't think that's a, that's a good idea. I mean, uh, I really don't. And you'll be getting calls from the TV and radio stations. I've emailed you some talking points. No, no, that's, that's not why we're doing this, though, is it? I mean, like we discussed before, Leo... You want me to rescind the pay offer? No, no, but... but... That's the deal, Jim. But it's not the way we should be doing this. We need a return on our investment. It's a quid pro quo. Oh, right. Well, I, I don't know, but... It's a done deal. Stick to the talking points, Jim. Thank you. Oh. Oh, dear. All labour has dignity.
All labor has dignity. All labor has dignity. All labor has dignity.